You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jujitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a three-stripe brown belt who trains at Franklin Jiu-Jitsu Club located in Franklin, Indiana. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Ramey. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, man, no problem, man. The pleasure is all mine. Yeah, so I've, yeah, I've been listening uh, to your the podcast you put out so far, you know, trying to trying to study, check the format, and get a feel of it. And I like what you're doing here, man. It's good stuff. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you. I've been getting a lot of positive feedbacks about the episode so far. And I'm like, I was like, man, the ones that I got, I got coming up is going to be so good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. So the one, I think you dropped one this morning. I've gotten it started. haven't had a chance to finish it yet. But I think the other, the first three, uh, good stuff. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, like, yeah, man, once again, I do appreciate you coming on to the show. And, um... Yeah, let's give the people what they want, man. Just go ahead and uh, let's share your jujitsu journey. Yeah, so I mean, um, funny thing, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't an athlete in school. You know, I didn't, I didn't do any competitive sports, no formal sports. A little bit of, uh, a little bit of football in middle school. Um, just to be completely honest, you know, my kids will hear this at one point, but I was more interested in, in you know, partying and just trying to get out of school. You know, lowest grades didn't matter to me. You know, passing is passing. Right. So I didn't, didn't get involved in a lot of that. So. Um, right out of high school, as a matter of fact, on my birthday, my 18th birthday, I was on a plane to Army basic training. Um, did you know? I did the Army thing, came back, worked for us a little bit, um, and then, then honestly, as, as I started to mature, um, I, I was actually much older when I started to work out and get into fitness and just want to get in shape. I got hired as a, a full time firefighter and and kind of you know let myself go it was a lot of unfortunately a lot of guys do they get on the job find the recliner and you know just sit around and get out of shape so i did that um then kind of wanted to turn that around so i started getting in just fitness in general weightlifting and tried all kinds of different things um and just you know was a fan of martial arts and mma and and you know boxing and so forth and um so i did a couple of it's the way these things transpired is is kind of interesting but um i did a couple of here in indianapolis area they do the uh, police and fire slugfest shows it's uh firefighters box police officers um one minute rounds three one minute rounds headgear um standard boxing gloves but they do it it's for make a wish foundation charity fundraiser so oh, that's cool i yeah it's it's been going on at kurt spivey here uh, impd officer he runs that done it for several years it's a big event here locally but um so I got onto that and did that um, twice. Loved it. Um, won one, lost one, both by decision. Just again, you know, one of those um, low stress competitions. You know, everybody wins. It's for charity. Um, and then, I, you know, the more I started to get involved in watching MMA and things like that, I thought, you know, man, I, I just I want to try that. I want to check it out. Mm-hmm. So um, through some mutual friends, I, I had a guy I went to school with. Um, I'm talking to him, and he's like, yeah, you know, my cousin is a uh he's a boxing instructor in indianapolis works with these guys like chris lytle and a couple other people and i'm like oh you know who i'm sorry yes you know i know that guy i know of him um so anyway he got me in touch with um indie boxing and grappling um in downtown indianapolis where um chris lytle matt mitrione some of those other guys were training and so i started going up there to train uh just just as a hobby at first and the more i got into it i'm like man i love this and it was straight mma um and at that time i mean it was very hard grueling rounds you were doing a lot of stand-up getting on the ground um and then it was you know mma gloves punches and and then trying to get into the submission 
So uh, after a little bit in there, uh, Pat McPherson, the coach up there, I said, hey, you know what, coach, I think I want to fight. I want to get into a fight. Um, <laughs> I, I want to see if, you know, I'm training. Is this, you know, like you said, I, I've listened to some of your other um, guests on there. I was in the same situation. You know, I'm training. I'm feeling pretty good. But how do I test it? You know what I mean? How do I get out there and see what, do, you know, do, am I, do I think I'm decent? Do I think I'm getting better? How do I prove that? Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what came about, he's like, all right, man, we'll keep an eye out for something, you know, and and all the while, keep in mind, I mean, I'm married, I've got kids and, you know, me getting into a cage to fight for a hobby wasn't on my wife's, you know, the high high point list of her things that she would like me to do. But um, but we worked it out. But but at the end of the day, Pat came back to me and he's like, hey, man, I uh, got a show coming up at the eight second saloon. It's a Midwest fight series. Uh, I think it'd be a good show for you. Your progress is where it needs to be. Let's get you on that card. I'm like, all right, well, when is it? And uh, he said, July 19th. And I'm like, well, it's it, it was meant to be, if you ask me. So that's July 19th is my birthday. So, oh, wow. So, Couldn't uh, happen at a better on, time. On my, yeah. On my 37th birthday, that was, uh, again, at this point, I'm 37. So on my 37th birthday, I stepped in and had my first MMA, first and only, as it turned out. But I had an MMA fight. That's what I did for fun. Um, my wife supported it. She was a nervous wreck, you know. Um, of course. Uh, she hit with a, the funniest part of this is is, is uh, we the biggest part of the crowd that came to watch me um, was our church small group and people. So, as you know, a lot of people are trying to get people out of the bars and into the church, as I did it the other way around. You know, I brought everybody <laughs> from my church into the bar to watch me fight. But, <laughs> but, uh, but hey, when it was all said and done, you know, um, first round, Ended up getting a takedown, settled in. And at that time, amateur MMA in Indiana, you uh, you couldn't strike to the head when they were down. So it was all body shots or submissions. So um, just kind of beat on the guy for the full three minutes. Second round, he throws a lazy head kick. I dropped him and I jumped on and ended up winning by a rear naked choke, which nice. when I watch it now and I watch the watch it and see the pictures, I'm like, what horrible form. You know, I was completely, <laughs> completely un, un, unbelted and trained in MMA solely for, you know, a few months. But it was it was probably the most fun. I've You know, one of the funnest things and most um, exhilarating, I guess you might say, things that I've done. I just I fell in love with the, the combative sports, um, mm-hmm. tried to get a couple more fights and had some opponents drop and things like that. And as far as amateur, it's just frustrating when you work hard and then you can't get a match. But um, fast forwarding a little bit, our church, you know, knowing that I was into that, we had a new uh, a new pastor come in, an associate pastor named Dale Holzbauer, and he uh, was actually a world level competitor in karate and striking, and had done a ton of powerlifting back when he was younger. So he started uh, uh, an MMA program of our at our church of all things, just mostly teaching kids and some of the younger people karate, some katas, and and kickboxing, and. Uh, so he brought a couple guys in one night and said, hey, you know, these guys are going to come in and show us this jujitsu thing. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat aware. Well, they, they bring uh, Jay Hunsucker and Don Thomas. And both of these guys at the time are in their uh, mid, early to mid-60s. And these two guys came in, and, you know, at the, I'm still 220 or whatnot. They got a hold of me, and, you know, similar to some of these other – people that you had on i mean just got ragdolled and when it was over with i'm like i need i need i need more of this you know what right I mean? so uh yeah so jay um was teaching an extracurricular jujitsu class at franklin college here um where we're where we're um, based out of in franklin indiana um as an elective and he said hey you know I, I i need some more bodies in here to come in and help with demo and try to work with us so um after meeting me there he invited me in and uh so I ended up showing up at the college to train with him a little bit and um, a couple other guys there. At the time, there's four to six of us maybe. 
Well, I mean, the word started getting out, and and again, I fell in love with jujitsu immediately. And he was like, "Okay, you, you need more than than this, so we need to get you into an academy, and then you can still come and work with me on the side." So uh, he, he steered me towards um, the Carlson Gracie Academy here in Indianapolis um, with uh, Alan Stockman. So he got me into there, and I was there for seven years, but still trained with Jay at the college. And we started to build our little core group of, you know, we called them kind of side guys because we had guys from all different academies here in the area that would still meet at the college for lunch. Is what we were doing. We were getting together 11, 30, 12 o'clock, rolling for an hour or two. Um, but anyway, so uh, from that, we we um, – we ended up getting to the point where the college said, Hey, we got a little bit of liability. You're getting too many, you know, people from the outside that aren't students or faculty. So you're going to have to shut this thing down. So we rented the second floor of a church building here in town. And we were there for about two years until the COVID thing hit, um, which shut everybody down. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we floated and, and kept in contact for those few months. Cause we, we just kind of followed the rules when Indiana shut down gyms and, you know, academies were like, yeah, let's follow suit. We're not official. We're just a, a hangout, but we'll see what we can do. So we shut down that when they re when we reopened, um, there were other people in the area who started flooding in whose maybe their academies didn't reopen or, you know, they had gotten smaller or whatever the situation is. But we ended up combining with another gym from the, uh, a neighboring city here who had shut down completely during that and weren't, they weren't able to recover in their location. And we rented a small warehouse, started putting some stuff together. And, and then finally it just clicked one day. We're like, look, there's, there's no academy in the city of Franklin. It's a, it's a mid-sized city just south of Indianapolis. You know, we've got a couple in Greenwood, which is nearby. They're like, hey, why isn't anyone doing jiu-jitsu here yet? And if, if somebody's going to, why not us? So we ended up uh, locating a building. Um, and, and so in, in June of 2020, we opened up our own academy now, uh, which is that Franklin Jiu-Jitsu Club. Um, and Jay, again, is a, he's a black belt. He is the one who got all of us, uh, most of us into that, um, into this sport here locally. And he is under Bruce Shepard out of Evansville. So that's, that's who our black belt affiliation is with here in Franklin. And and uh, yeah, I mean, so that's the story of how we got to where we are now as far as our academy. Um, and it's it's just been a wild ride, man. And just seeing how many people are jumping in on that. Um, you know, we've got kids coming in now. We, we are going from this handful of four to six people that were in the college, you know, to we're 75 to 100 students now between kids and adults all together. Um, it's just been awesome. That's, that is a, that is very, very awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, so we, you know, we've got, uh, all got, you know, guys to do the competitive level. We have guys that just do it for fun. And, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to, to make this in an environment to where, you know, everybody can come in and train together. Some of you guys are going to go a little harder when we're competing or getting ready to compete and some aren't, but it's, uh, yeah, it's really, it, it's been huge. Um, and it's, it's a successful journey here, um, for a lot of people. And, and you know, what I love about it is, there are one of our, uh, my business partner, actually, and one of the guys I started training with at um, Stockman's, um, Scott Coxie, he actually has invested a lot of time and finances into making our gym what it is now. And it's one of those examples to where um, he and I are, are vastly different people that would have never met had I not stepped into this jujitsu academy that he was a member of, you know. Um, and now here we are, you know, he and I um, kind of heading up this this program that's that's bringing this to so many other people that are that are like that so that's you know the one of the best things about this jujitsu is you know it, it is for everybody it is it definitely is for everybody 
<coughs> yeah, all like all walks of life, man. You'd be surprised to find out who actually does jujitsu nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's becoming, you know, with the social media and everything more popular, you know, uh was it um Keanu Reeves, some of the bigger names and you know, they've been training for years and people are like, Oh well, he does this too, you know, that's cool and and some people who had never heard of jujitsu now are like, Well, I'm gonna check it out because of these big names, you know, but it's yeah, you're right. And it, that's the thing is you know, we've got in, in my academy alone, we've got local and state law enforcement officials. We've got mm-hmm. federal probation, op- federal probation officers. And and it's nothing for them to be sitting over there rolling with a dude who, you know, had he had a, a rough past, a shady history, but he's got himself together now. You know what I mean? So just just, you know, honestly, the cops and robbers almost in the room together is coexisting under one thing that they have in common. You know, it just shows you how, you know, people we don't always have to be at each other regardless of background, you know, and there's always exactly. that one thing that one thing that can bring us together and how crazy is it that it's trying to murder each other in a controlled environment, you know? And then like you said, slap bump, shake hands and see you tomorrow. So. Yeah. Cause we have a guy who currently trained. He's a, um, he's a prosecutor. One, you know, one of my good, good training partners. Um, and then we have a guy, he, he trains when he can, but he, he's a retired police officer as well. So, yeah, you you get all walks of life when it comes to jujitsu. <clears throat> yeah, it's. I mean, I've, of all the things I tell people, you know, I used to be like, all right, man, I gotta go to the gym. Oh man, I gotta go run. I gotta do this. I, I there are very few times I recall, you know, really feeling like I have to go hit. You know, I've got to go do jujitsu, man. It's, you know, and, and not being excited about it. Yeah, you know, no, even right. though. You know, I, I run the 5 a.m. class, so I'm in there 5 a.m. I get up at 4.15, hit the road. I'm, I'm at, you know, at my gym at 5 a.m. running that morning session five days a week. And, I mean, everybody's like, man, doesn't that suck? I'm like, oh, am I going to lie to you? Getting up at 4.15 sucks. But the minute, you know, I get there, and over the past year, you know, it would be nothing for me to sit there and be like, man, I don't know if anybody's going to show up. New gym, new program, 5 a.m. And I would do, you know, one-on-one classes with people, or it would be, you know, two other guys show up. Um, a lot of times and then mm-hmm. you fast forwarded you know fast forward to this morning and we had 13 people on the mat this morning at 5 a.m you know everybody's man, that you know, good. one of our largest classes and it's just because you know hey i can get in and get this done at 5 a.m even though i had to get up at four or whatever the case is no matter what hits me at work today you know what i mean no matter when i get off work and and you know my kids got this going on or, or my wife forgot this or who whatever hits you my training is in, you know, 5 a.m. I'm by 6, 630 this morning. I already got my jits in and, I, you know, whatever hits me, I'm, I'm good now. Yeah, you're more, you're more prepared for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, all right, so now I'm, I'm a little inconvenienced, but, dude, I got my workout. In. So that's one of the benefits. And I think why our 5 a.m. thing is growing now. The guys who, you know, like, for instance, I keep mentioning Jay, you're not even allowed to text or call Jay before 9 a.m. <laughs> you know, he's a 70. Four seventy-three-year-old guy now and retired, but again, still on the mat. You know that's the thing, guys. He's fought cancer three times in his life and multiple other things, and still training and competing. Um, nice. You're talking talking about competition. I mean, he uh, my, the biggest competition I've had. I've gone out twice now to Vegas for World Masters, and uh, the first time, this past time, unfortunately, he was sick again and wasn't able to go. But the first time I went in 2018, um, he and I, Scotty, and all these guys went out there together and. It's probably the most the most fun trip I've had in my life. I'm just short of my wife and I going to Jamaica. I mean, it was it was an amazing time to go out with your team and hit a competition that big, cheer each other on, and then you know just hang out afterwards. So um, the, the competing side of it for those who are kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to compete. I, the best advice I can give you is I have made my biggest competitions 
um, like vacations with my wife as well. Her and I have gone to Vegas together to, you know, when I competed, um, I did the tap cancer out in Nashville a couple of years ago. We took a, another couple that aren't into jujitsu whatsoever. They're just some good friends of ours. Um, you know, they tagged along for the ride, went to the competition, you know, hung out, partied a little bit in Nashville afterwards. So, you know, there, there's more to these competitions than the mat time. So, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah definitely. That's what a lot of people need to realize that it's, there's so many opportunities, man. And it's and it's and it's um so crazy to me because um me and my wife we're you know finally able to like you know we're slowly catching up on things so we were just planning for like next year if we want to take a trip anywhere and that's what I've been like I literally been doing like the places that we've been thinking about going I'm like okay how far am I from a jujitsu school yeah <laughs> like, yeah no, I tell you that, that's the <laughs> That's the one thing I've been such a failure at because I, when I, you know, when I first got into jujitsu, I'm like, oh yeah, man, our first spring break, I'm, I'm looking up gyms and I, I packed my gi and my belt and everything. And I'm going to tell you, I've still not once in eight years of training managed to go train when I was on vacation. <laughs> and I, I intended to like those first couple of years. And then I'm like, nah, I'm out. But that, that is, I know some people that do that. I mean, they travel and every time they travel, they hit gyms and I envy that, you know, but. Um, but we have, again, we have turned some pretty big competitions into some vacations and trips with, you know, my wife and I and some friends. And that that's a good time. Yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a damn good time. But, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm always like we'll look at even if we're just going like Ohio or somewhere. And that's that's not too yeah. far from Detroit. I'm still like, OK, if we get a room here, it's like. 10 minutes away from a gym and okay if we plan on going let me call the gym first and make sure you know we can schedule some time and stuff like that but because oh yeah even now like i get antsy when i'm not doing jujitsu oh absolutely because like i had um we uh i taught class last night and i was like you know what let's you know everybody let's roll and we did like three minute rounds and i think we had like a good like four or five rolls and then, you know, came home, body sore, stiffed up from, like, this excessive working out. But I was laying there as in pain, like, I want to go back. Yeah. Oh, I want to go back to the gym. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's the benefit. You know, again, I, I'm I'm so blessed now to have, you know, we've got our, – it's a 3,000-square-foot building. I got 1,600 feet of mat space, full weight rooms, some cardio equipment. We've built this over three years now. And, and the thing about it is, is it's still a hobby for us. So – Although, you know, we wanted to do it right. So we got, it's a registered business. You know, we've got all the tax documentation. Everything is legit. It's a legit business, but we're keeping our rates so low and packages so affordable and all those, and all the money's going right back into just improving things. No one's doing this as a business right now. Like it is still a hobby. It's, it's self-sustaining. We're paying the bills, putting some money back into improvements and things. But I think what continues to make the environment that we have at our gym so successful and the reason it's growing so quickly is it's again we we are approaching it as a fun sport atmosphere and and not a business atmosphere you know i mean i I have to take it as seriously as i have to to make sure the bills are paid but outside of that man it's just i'm in there you know i go 5 a.m a lot of times i'll head back if i do more instruction than i do rolling at 5 a.m because we do wednesday friday is live uh monday tuesday thursday are techniques on the on the 5 a.m class so on those those instructional days, I'll go back at 11.30 and catch some of these lunch break guys just to try to get some live rounds in. Because like you said, I'll be there, but I'll leave there going, man, I really didn't hit it very hard, you know, this here. I'm almost, you know, I did it, but I'm a little unfulfilled, if you will, from that session. So I'll go back at 11 and, you know, hit it real hard with some tough dudes. And then I'm like, there we go. That's better. You know what I mean? And now my day is done. Cause like, so, yeah, without. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, I say, yeah, without rolling, like you said, even in a matter of hours, sometimes you're like, man, I need, I need to get back. I got to go. I know, I know, right? Like, we just get done, like, bodies, you're just, like, drenched in sweat. You're like, I got another good three rounds. Let's, let's yeah, just see yeah. what happens. But my um my instructor, um, he's like that too. He has multiple businesses and he looks at jujitsu as, you know, he has a strong passion for it even to this day. You know, he loves it and he's like, you know, as long as the doors are able to stay open, I'm cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. And, and we like and we and we work together as well, you know what? And he's like, Man, we got some some he got because like in the back of the the building where we at he has like his like extra mats and stuff and he's like man we should turn one of these rooms back here into a to get some rolls in on lunch break yeah, yeah <laughs> and i right, looked right. at him and he looked at me i'm like hey, i got my bag in the car <laughs> we, well, like we could definitely do this <laughs> man that's funny because again so i'm I'm a, I'm a career firefighter but i was the fire chief for eight years at this department where i'm at and mm-hmm. Um, I, one of our police officers who trains with me at the gym, he's one of the guys who got me in there early on too, Justin Griggs. He's a giant dude. He's, he's golly. He's put, I mean, he's 285, six, four or something like that. But the nicest dude you'll ever, like we always say, I'm like, he's just the friendliest guy that, you know, destroys you. You feel so you get beat up and he's not mean about it. But, but anyway, he, uh, he came across an old piece of wrestling mat, I mean, years ago. And he's like, hey, let's do this. So we ended up having a little bit of a, we call it the calisthenics area, you know, in the in the basement of the firehouse. Just, just it was the same thing. You know, we're going to have a handful of hand-selected guys that I know I can trust. We'll get a little bit, you know, warm-up rounds and work on this stuff. But, yeah, I mean, when you can, that, that's another thing about jiu-jitsu, man. You got a pair of trunks and a t-shirt. We can do something. Yeah, we can roll the day. That's fine. You know, if yeah. I tear these clothes up, we'll move on. But yeah, we, we, we did that here at the firehouse for a few years too. Just, uh, and it was again, just me and a couple of guys that were training elsewhere with some police officers, you know, so it's kind of disguised as training. It was all well-intentioned, but some of the best times we had, you know, it was, it was like you said, we were in no academy whatsoever. Just had a piece of mat here and, and a couple of dudes that wanted to, to work out. Yeah, man. It's just that, it's just that freedom, like that freedom. Like I could just, I don't need, I don't need a lot of space. Just give me, you know, a little bit of space in the corner, man, and, and some mats, and and you won't see me for like three hours. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, because like I see um like videos online, um, and this one guy in particular, um, I have to actually try to find his actual page, but um, I guess he does like contract work or some of the sort of construction work, and they'll be rolling in like just dirt and gravel and whatever they at. Like I'm like, man, that's that's that sounds so fun, so dangerous, but so so yeah. fun, so fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, um, <clears throat> are you still competing? Like, are you still competing now? So I, I mean, yes and no. I don't have anything on the books right now, and I have not. Um, I've competed quite a bit. I did a lot of local tournaments again. You know, just like most everybody. Um, when I first started, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm gonna do this. So. I mean, I hadn't been training very long at all. Jumped into my first. We had a local circuit here, uh, Extreme Grappling Open. So I jumped into that. It's funny because, again, so here I am. You know, I'm 38 years old. I'm new at jujitsu. I don't really think I'm that good. But my guys, you know, Jay's like, yeah, man, you need to compete. So so I signed up and do this Extreme Grappling Open. I, I just register in the adult division because, hey, I'm an adult, right? I don't know, whatever. So I go in. <laughs> Yeah, I walk into the adult division, 38 years old, and some 20-year-old white belt wrestler just mops me up. And I'm like, all right. So, but it was funny, too, because I just said this the other day. I'm like, that's the best thing, in my opinion, as far as jujitsu goes. That's the greatest moment I ever had was getting destroyed in that first tournament. Uh-huh. Because at, at that point, I really felt like I had an option to go 
all right, I'm done with this jujitsu. That's stupid. I thought I was decent at it and clearly I'm not. Or to go, nah, man, I'm going to get better at this and do this again. And, and I went down that, yeah, let's improve and see where we're at. So, and, oh, yeah. and I, I, I literally, you know, from that point on, I just, I started taking it very seriously and I started winning. I mean, local stuff I did, I did very well in local tournaments around here, all through white belt, blue belt, um, purple belt. I didn't, I started to compete a little less. Um, and that was towards the, that COVID stuff came in like the later end of my purple belt. Um, mm -hmm. but I did go, I went, um, in 2018, um, as a blue belt, I went to the world masters and I got third in my division. And then I went last year again to world masters as a brown belt for the first time. And I, I uh, ended up getting third again. <laughs> so, um, so I have managed a medal twice at the world masters. And again, I did, uh, tap cancer out in Nashville. I won that, um, in my division. And so now moving forward, um, I, I will tell you, I'm going to, I will probably focus more on IBJJF tournaments. I really like the format. I like that it's, you know, and I've heard, you know, your story and some others that you've talked to these other tournaments as well intentioned as they are. I'd love to see them grow more, but when you really work hard to, to get prepared for tournaments and you show up with no division or no, you know, nobody in your brackets or they move stuff around, it's very frustrating. And, it and sometimes it, 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 it has, and it's an excuse. I mean, I'll admit it, but it does have a tendency to sort of, you know, shred your game plan. And I feel give you a different approach to it. That's just my, my personal view. So with, with the IBJJF stuff, I have found that they are large enough and, you know, popular enough that it's generally, you're, you're going to get a few matches, you know what I mean? So yeah, mm -hmm. they're, they're, you know, the gi, you got to make sure they're your, everything fits properly. They're going to inspect you. They're a little more strict. You know, you hear a lot of horror stories about their, how stringent they are, but I think that structure also contributes to their success. So, I mean, I, I've had, and I would say the two, I've done a lot of local small stuff. There's a lot of good ones, but the IBJJF and the TAP Cancer Out are the two programs that I competed in that I felt were the best ran that I got the most matches for my age, size, and rank. So, just yeah. to, you know, throw that, throw that out there for people that are looking. Yeah, definitely shout out to Tap Out Cancer, man. Because um, that was literally the first tournament I did uh, last year because they came to Detroit as well. Yeah, yeah. And so... Yeah, there. You know, it was it was so cool, man. Like everybody I talked to, the staff was cool, um, the coordinators there was cool. Um, yeah, I didn't have any bad bad. I can't say anything bad about them because they did everything. Right. They did everything right. So I'm definitely hoping that they come back around next year, and you know they continue to grow and you know be very very successful. Yeah, like and it's it's uh, you know it's funny because. Uh, when you go to that, you know, everybody gets that game face when you go to compete, you know, but I've always, um, I've always sort of approached it differently. I mean, I'm always a, I, I'm very nervous preparing for a tournament and competition, but the minute I step into the venue, even when I did the, the MMA match, you know, the day I stepped into that, that place, I'm like, well, here I am, you know, what are you, you're going to compete or you're going to leave. So I, I'm going to compete. So my nerves kind of go out the window when I hit the room, but with that tap cancer out, you know, again, the, the environment and the fact that everybody's there, you know, yeah, we're going to come in here and do some, we're going to train or I'm sorry, we're going to compete. We're going to really go at each other to win. But the cause is always sort of hovering over there that we're all here to help people and do something good. So like you said, that environment there was just so different to me than a lot of other tournaments and, and places I'd been to for, I think for that reason. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I don't know. Maybe it was just, maybe it was just, you know, them 
or the fact that you know when it came to uh tournaments i've well competing in general i was i wasn't gonna say i was against it but i was like you know what eh, i you know it's it's not for me but you know doing that doing that first tournament man and just leading up to it i was more anxious before the tournament happened versus the day oh, yeah. i was there because when i got there i felt at home because obviously it was like everyone there was there, everyone there was doing jujitsu so everyone's there for the same reason right and i'm thinking okay well maybe because i'm not up yet so time goes by the kids division the teen division and then like the third the um adult division division starts so i'm changing and getting warmed up and you know my uh, training partners there was there with me they was like you good how you feeling you nervous and i'm like i don't know like i don't know how i feel <laughs> right now it's like i'm not i'm anxious because i've never done it before but not like oh my god well, you know is this gonna happen is this gonna happen blah blah blah. i was just yeah real real chill until you know yeah. when, we got, when we got done i was like all right <laughs> like, yeah facts i mean that's the thing like i said with my first one you know i step on the mat and, and right out of the gate i adrenaline dump i mean i kid you not the first time you know this dude gets his hands on me i, I mean and this was one where i cut weight and everything i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna get ready you know i go i usually walked around at 230 um you know i'm, I'm pushing 250 now been a little lazy but at that point i went i dropped down to below 220 to get into you know i'm like yeah i'm gonna work hard i'm gonna eat right yada yada and man, that dude got his hands on me, and I literally had the adrenaline dump, and gas yeah, gone, completely gone. And I mean, this is at the time when I was running. I mean, I was running eight plus miles a day, several days a week, and this, that, and the other. So my conditioning was insane. But like you know, we you already heard everybody say that there's 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 being in shape, and then there's being in jujitsu shape, and they are two different animals. They are very and, very two different animals. Man, like I said, that dude got a hold of me, and my mind said, "We're dying today," and everything shut down, and I had zero, I had nothing to fight back with. Like I literally was in a a one round survival mode. He pointed me into next week, and then you know won the match, and I'm like, I stood up and literally was like, maybe it's time to try karate or something. I mean, I was so. <laughs> I mean, I was so discouraged, you know, but, you know, I get back. I mean, because I had like, a, you know, again, um, speaking of tap cancer out, I was super excited. I was training. I had a, a young man in my neighborhood who was battling cancer. I had his name on my shirt. You know, I'm going to go in there and just annihilate some fool for Chase. And then I got my ass handed to me and I'm like, I probably should find a better way to prove my, you know, to, to lead a charge on a cause because this isn't it. And, you know, but again, it, you know, the motivation that come from that. Uh, moving what that did to me is like you said if you're ever going to compete I, I tell everybody man just find your smallest little local tournament and go in there with the absolute with zero intentions of winning go in with the intentions of getting that experience to go what does this feel like when it's not a guy i see three days a week when it's not my dude when it's not who you know when it's a complete stranger who is trying to impress his buddies or his girlfriend or whoever you know showed up to watch him that day Go see what that feels like. And after the first one, I, I don't think people should make the decision whether they want to compete or not until they do that. Because I do think that goes down two roads for people. You do it once and you're like, nope, I'm out. Or you go, no, this is for me, but I need to do it better. So, I mean, that, that's the way I look at competition when people say, hey, should I compete? I'm like, I feel everybody should try it once. And I think Definitely. after that one time, after the one time, you'll know. And and. Man, there's nothing wrong with the guy who never does it again. You keep training mm -hmm. just for the enjoyment, for the, you know, the social aspect. I mean, yeah, we've got, I mean, easily the majority of my gym doesn't compete. And, but that they don't work any, you know, any less hard than the rest of us until, you know, we're really ramping up. But 
I mean, these guys are in there getting it just like everybody else. But I do think that that's one way to, you know, give it that first shot and see what you think. Don't, don't, you know, I wouldn't dismiss competition because of nerves. Cause I mean, again, I've competed a lot and I still get nervous until I walk in the room, to be honest. Now I'm at the point where I, you know, as a parent, I get the same way watching my kid, you know, my son play football. I'm more nervous when I go to coach guys than I ever am now on the mat myself, because, you know, when I'm on the mat, I feel like I at least have an opportunity to really control this situation through my skill and my knowledge. But when I'm trying to coach one of my students, you know, it's like without having the strings on their arms, like a puppet, I'm only tossing out a few suggestions and whether they capitalize on it, you know, I don't know. So I, I get more nervous watching my people compete than I do myself now by far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause which is, you know, people don't get that. It's crazy. You're like, what do you care? You're just sitting there. I'm like, no, nah, man, there's so much invested in that guy succeeding, you know, yeah. to, for me to be able to go, yes, I did him. I did him a good service, you know, by training him for however long and it worked, you know? Yeah. Cause, um, yeah. Cause I got two guys that, um, I train with who are MMA fighters and, and well, for the, at the time of the, this recording, they both fight Friday and gotcha. so I've, you know, I've cornered, um, one guy, uh, ooh, I think maybe three of his, wait, does it, does it two or three of his fights? But anyway, yeah, I've trained with this guy every, you know, three, three, four days a week, hang out with this guy, talk to this guy every single day. And I know what he's capable of. But yeah, yeah, watching him go in that cage and that that cage door closes, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, you you definitely do get nervous for somebody else versus yourself. But yeah, um, now, yeah, go ahead. I'll ask you. I'll ask. No, I'll ask you that because that's funny. We just had this, we have this conversation a lot in my gym. So when you're cornering, or you know, if you're mat coaching a guy at a tournament, or uh, what's your um sort of approach or stance on you know do you do you actually call out direction do you call i mean how do you call that how do you coach on you know if you got a guy i'll tell you where i'm going is so for me like i'm literally like listen i want you guys to shut up i want you to tell me what time i have and i want you to tell me my points and i don't want to hear anything else because you start yelling out hey do this do that that guy's going to counter it but yeah. there's people you know you'll hear at some tournaments like it's a step by step and some people you know it works but I was just curious kind of what your philosophy is when you're, you know, when you're coaching a guy, how do you approach that? So, um, I necessarily haven't coached anyone at a tournament per se, uh, but when I corner my corner, my friend, uh, my, my training partner, I don't necessarily throw out moves. Yeah. You know, I'll just like, let him know like, Hey, watch this. Or, you know, you know what to do at this point, you know, work your, work your game. You know, I don't be like, Hey, throw this or throw that. Cause obviously yeah, the, yeah. it's not like the other person's not listening. Right, so, right, right. But yeah. even no, but even in the um but even in the gym, it depends on the like the belt let like the belt ranking. If like a white belt is rolling with a blue belt, I I won't call out anything necessarily like detailed. I'll just say, Hey, watch your bases or hey, fix this, watch what you're doing, slow down, so on and so forth. Right. But I'm like, No, you got a triangle there, no, you gotta da da da. No, I don't yeah. I don't do anything like that. I don't telegraph nothing. Yeah. No, that's like I say, we always tell our guys in our gym, like, listen, because, you know, if, if one of the coaches can't make it to a smaller tournament on a weekend, we're like, listen, when you go, just tell them their time and tell them their points. That's all we need you to do because they're nothing. I mean, they have to do everything else on their own. You start giving stuff, they're going to counter it. So make sure they know where they set on time and points. And yeah. I think that's probably, yeah, that's probably the best thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you'll see some stuff. If it's wide open, yeah, yell it out. But there's a good, you know, it's just it's a race at that point. Can you shoot that move before they counter you? Yeah, we'll see. But, 
Yeah, just something I've always I always like asking guys that, that are you know been around a little bit. How do you how do you go or how do you approach that? You know, I've always tell them like you know, especially when they're you know, if they can, like if I can sense they're they're trying to set up a set up a submission, I'm like, okay, slow down. God, yes, absolutely. Slow down because if you don't, you know, and I'll say this like if you don't, you're gonna miss it because they're like, okay, what I'm gonna miss? But I'm like, no, yeah, slow down and feel what you're doing. And then you know they yeah. usually find it, or sometimes they don't. But yeah, after the after the match, I'll be like, okay, look, this is what you need to fix. This is what happened. Blah blah blah, yeah. yada yada yada. Yeah, I'm with you. That, that's a good. I mean, I'm pretty much. I'll spend an entire five minutes, other than giving them the points and the time. I, I will. I will just basically spend the whole five minutes going, breathe, settle, good. That's it. That's yeah. it. Those three words. Uh, they'll hear those three words from me repeatedly. And if I don't say anything, it's pretty much. You're screwed, man. I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, I got nothing for you because you're getting a bad <laughs> spot. But, but outside that, it'll be a breathe. Okay, settle there. Like you said, you get it. You know, somebody gets to a mount, they immediately want to start to attack. I'm like, no, 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 settle. There we go. Yeah, hold them down a minute, cook them, something like that. But yeah, calling out moves, I've always found that to be. I mean, if I if I have any sense and somebody's doing that, I'm going to be ready to counter it, or at least that's that's my plan. You know, who knows? Some people have told me, yeah, I didn't even hear you. You know what I mean? I'm people in the entire. I've got a very loud, carrying voice, and I've had my guys go, sorry, coach, I didn't hear a word you said. I'm like, hey, man, I get it. That tunnel vision and zone out hits sometimes, and, you know, you're in full survival early on, and yeah, there was no amount of coaching that was going to help you. You were just in there winging it. That's fine, too. You know? <laughs> so do you, champ. Just, just do you. But um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah like I've you know since I've been on both sides, um, you know, competing and coaching, and yeah, it's it's to it's you know two dynamics. It's two like two sides of the same coin, because yeah, I don't get nervous for myself when I'm rolling or when I'm you know competing. Grant only did one, but you know, I I'm itching. I am definitely itching to do another tournament. So yeah, um, well, and, and I'll tell you, it's funny because again, listening to your other podcasts, man, I I. I I feel you so much because on uh, so when I go, this is a good story. Going into 2018, the World Masters, right? We fly to Vegas. We're there, get checked in, everything, and and understanding that I was heading, you know, I, I was with the IBJJF. You've got to be 200 for for um, super heavy. You have to be 221 in the gi day of the event, right? And I'm like, man, that's a tough one for me. And then I'm like, so I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to be in Vegas for three to four days before I compete. Um, you know, I'm like, I don't have the self-control for this. So I, I talked to all my coaches and everybody. They're like, oh, you know what? Listen, I've, I've been out there a hundred times and your, your, your ultra heavies or unlimiteds. I've never seen anybody over like, you know, 265 or something like that. You'll be fine. You train with guys bigger than that. And I'm like, man, that's what I wanted to hear. Cool. I'm not cutting weight. I register for um, unlimited. We walk into the venue, me and Scott, we're walking down the ramp to get our bags and check in. And I look down the ramp and there is the biggest Samoan human being I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I just, I, and it, we were joking. So I look at Scott and I'm joking with him and Scott, he's messing with me. He goes, ah, that dude's going to be your opponent. And I'm like, no, nah, dude, that guy. And again, I'm giving myself not enough credit, I guess. I'm like, no, nah, that dude looks a lot younger than me. You know, the Masters is 30 and up. And when I went out there, I'm over 40 already. I'm like, no, nah, man, that cat's way younger than me. So we walk on by. His Scott says, now, if I found out he was in my – I said, well, if he's in my division, I guess we'll just see what happens. And he said, well, if he was in my division, I'd go home right now. And I'm like, well, we're here. We're doing it. So right, we're here now. Long story, long story short, that's the day before. We check in, get our bags, go to the hotel, dinner, blah, blah, blah. The next day – and I'm not a guy – 
you know, some people will start looking at brackets and start Google searching opponents. And I'm like, look, man, I'm not fighting Gordon Ryan today or anything. You know, I'm not going to find film on these guys at my level that are going to be any benefit. So I don't research opponents. I just show up. You know, here we are. So yeah. the next morning, you know, I, I check in at whatever time, step on the mat, look across there. All right, first match is, you know, Jason Ramey and this other – his name was Jason something as well. And I look over there and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. There's that dude. So, my yeah, my first opponent and my first World Masters in 2018 was over 400 pounds. And I'm walking in there. And I could – I was – I weighed myself just for fun. And I was at like 223. <laughs> so, so, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so next time you might want to cut that weight. So like you said, the dude got a hold of me, and the first time, I mean, he threw me around like a rag doll. The benefit I had was he uh, – I, I turned my back, and he, I dropped down in sort of a turtle position. So we hand-fought on our feet for a little bit, right? But then once I – he tosses me to the ground, like I said, like I was a child. So I turtle up, and I was honestly just preparing to die. I'm like, yeah, this mm-hmm. was a bad idea. And then I hear this dude breathing in my ear so heavy at like 90 seconds into this match. And I thought, well, you know, if I have anything in this point right now, it's a little bit probably a little bit better conditioning. So I shot out, stuffed my – I threw my legs back in a sprawl real quick. And as he shot in, because he just wanted to keep me down, I knew that when he shot in that one time, um, I ended up hooking over. I got him underneath the neck with a 10 finger choke from standing and got a submission like so fast. I couldn't like my first win right there. I'm like, Oh, I can't believe it. So that was, you know, that was to me the, that for, for me, that defining moment where, yeah, I was, I had almost canceled. I had checked out on this, this event, you know, I'm like, well, I'm going to lose my first match and go home now. This sucks. <laughs> and that, and that whole, you know, the size doesn't matter is an absolute lie. We all know that. Yeah. However, there are ways to get around it. And I always say that I tell my, my students now, I'm like, you know, I talk about that match all the time. I'm like, I, I wrote that off. My first opponent at Worlds was 400 pounds, but he had a neck just like everybody else. Yep. And and I found it, you know. And the, the best part about that is Andrew Holbrook was training me. He was in the UFC for a little bit, one of the guys from IBG and Indy. And he showed me that choke the Friday before I left for Vegas. He showed me that very choke. And this dude landed in it that following Wednesday or whatever it was. So, this, you know, those moments when you're like, oh, thank goodness. I'm glad Andrew showed me this. Otherwise, I was dying today. <laughs> it but, was about to be over. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so then I went into my second match, and he was a super tough guy from Travis Luter camp, I think, out in Texas. He was – so I fought the biggest guy in one, and then the next match I fought the toughest guy that I saw all day. He was a monster. I ended up getting him with a cross-collar choke, and I tell everybody I wish I could take credit. He just refused to open his guard because he had me stuck in his closed guard, and he essentially choked himself until he was, you know, about unconscious, and then he tapped out of panic, and all he had to do was open his legs, and he would have been fine. But then the last guy, I got a little overzealous and cocky, and one one poor elbow position and a bow and arrow choke, and he slipped out, and they called it a pass for him, and he won on points. And I was, like, just sitting there like, the least of the competition I saw all day just took me out of this thing, you know. So that's just – that's the way jiu-jitsu goes, man. Again, I you know, I beat myself, but it was such a great experience and so much fun. But – to overcome those first two guys and then just to to lose on that one you're like huh, huh okay you know <laughs> right so so when i um so when i went up against the guy i went up against uh his name is kenneth kirkland by the way finally i've no, did you find him? Okay, I good. Fi- I'll say, okay, yeah, so you've been listening, so I did find him. I've been him. listening, yeah, I'm following the, the saga here. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm going to find this guy, man. So I did um, find him, um, another guy who's, um, I'm doing a uh, interview with, uh, I think in a couple, I think next week, 
he's been listening too so he's like he's been asking me about it asking me about it and he messaged me last night it was like hey is this the guy and i was like <laughs> oh snap that's him so yeah. i messaged his school and you know they did get back to me today said they're going to pass the message on to him because i want him on the show too that but, absolutely man but man when i tell you like when we got on the mats you know we slapped and bumped and we like when he got a grip on me and i was like oh this is about to be bad yeah, I couldn't like try, I couldn't swim under. I couldn't move him. So we're like, like we're going like he's pushing me back towards the um the ref the um the the scorekeeper table, and the ref stopped us. But right before he stopped us, he goes for his takedown, and I think I was about two forty at this um during this tournament, and I felt like I was two pounds. Yeah, because yeah. it was like how fast and how quick I was like, oh snap, I am upside down. Right. And right. I was like, oh, this is about to be a long day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what happened to me. So, you know, I go back, you know, I did a few tournaments since then and did, did pretty well. And, and again, I'll tell you what I tell, you know, losing is the best thing for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It truly is it's, as hard as that is to admit, because I mean, I, you know, look, it's going to happen one day, you know, like that, you know, Gordon Ryan's going to lose eventually one day. But man, what a stud. But h- how you how you respond to that loss is is what really gets you but so to tell you know a little another story real briefly you know when i, I started getting good i felt like i'm doing better I, i've won a lot of local i've won competitions again so i'm like great so last year again i go back out to vegas and uh so i it's one of those things where you're like you know what i'm gonna redeem myself so my first opponent i step out there and i could you know not, not to sound arrogant I, I just this was for me but i'm like i could have beat him probably earlier i found a, a couple of opportunities but knowing that in, in 2018, I lost because I botched a bow and arrow choke. I purposely, you know, squashed this dude, rolled him up, got him into that attack mount position and hit that bow and arrow choke to get that win. So I won that first match last year with a bow and arrow choke, honestly, just to tell myself that I could do it after blowing it the first time. So, you know, those, those were, you know, what do you, what do you learn from losing and what do you, what do you take from it and how do you make yourself better is, Again, one of the huge aspects of this. I mean, that's what I like most about it. I've, I'm going to compete again and I'm going to lose again. But so I've, you know, I've hit World Masters twice and gotten third. The next time I'll do it, I'll probably be a black belt. It'll be another year or two, and that's the one where I'm like, you know what? If I can, if I can go out there again and get myself a get myself a first place, but as a black belt, I'm fine with those third place. You know, those other two third place finishes, even though they weren't what I went out there for. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in jujitsu, you either win or you learn. Yeah, <laughs> that's and that's the you know that's the best advice I've been given since I've been on this journey, man. You either win or you learn. Right, absolutely, and it's it's funny because I got guys we say that and everybody says that a lot, and it's I want to go on record as saying it is one hundred percent the truth. But when I first started training at IBG, uh, Pat McPherson, the coach up there, and again he was Chris Lytle's coach his entire UFC career. I mean the dude's been around; he's an amazing coach. Goes to Thailand and trains and teaches kickboxers in Thailand. I mean, who you know this American that goes to teach guys at Tiger in Thailand is is that's how good he is. And that's but a anyway, very, very big prominent school over there. Probably oh, the yeah, biggest absolutely. prominent school over there. Yeah, I mean he's he's a I mean he's a very very and, and incredibly like you meet the dude, humble, nicest guy. You would not know the murderer inside this man. You know what I mean? Like the ability this guy walks around with all day is insane, but he's such a cool dude. But I remember again, you know, I'm, I'm learning. And in and, and those days, like I was, this was, I'm brand new in MMA or combatives whatsoever. I'd never, besides these two charity boxing matches. And I would literally get off work at four o'clock 
and uh, the MMA class started at 4.30. So I got a hold of Pat. You know, I said, hey, I know this guy, this guy. Like, yeah, come on in and check it out. So I get up there. First day, they beat the brakes off of me. And mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. For the rest of the time, I would leave my office at 4 o'clock getting ready to head up there. And I would start, like, devising plans in my mind of how to get out of it. Like, I'd be like, man, it's something. maybe something was going to catch on fire and I got to go back. And I can't, you know, like, how do I get out of practice today without looking like a wimp and all this? Because I'm just like, these guys are killing me. But old Pat, one day we're in there and somebody, you know, somebody gets submitted on the ground and a guy goes, he says, hey, man, that's the way it works here. You either win or you learn. And from the back of the building, you hear Coach McPherson go, that's some shit a loser would say. <laughs> so, so, so every time, like even yesterday, a guy in my group chat for our academy posted that. He goes, it's okay, guys. You either win or you learn. And I always put in quotations. I'm like, that's some shit a loser would say, Pat McPherson. <laughs> <laughs> but it is i will go on record and say that it is a fact and i believe it but it was just one of the in my in my time in martial arts i'm like what a discouraging moment from a guy who absolutely knows what he's saying you know what I mean? right but my my <laughs> local um you know content expert on martial arts just said no that's what losers say i'm like oh okay but yeah, yeah it's like a good, we know good we know you're joking but it still yeah. stings a little bit it stings yeah just it a hurts little bit. yeah yeah that hurts but no, again, you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously besides my family, this, you know, I mean, I've been in the, in the fire service, I've been in the military, you know, this, the community that comes from this and, and the fun that we have, man, it's like, it's almost sometimes you got to go, I can't believe we get to do this, man. Like, so, and the example, you know, what really, I think what really, really showed us all that was people who were training during that COVID lockdown, I think really got a feel of, oh my, man, what would it be like if we didn't have this, you know, because we mm-hmm. didn't for even I mean, some people, you know, I know people who still got, you know, there was some dudes still hitting in the garage or doing this or privates or whatever. But, man, to to not get the train and not because, you know, I'm not feeling it today or I'm a little busy, but you cannot, you are not allowed to and you are unable to train for, you know, whatever, a month, two months. Man, what did what I, you know, what did that do for all of us as far as the appreciation of, you know, what we get to do in this, you know? Man, I'm telling you, because during that time, it was like, okay, we they don't know how long we're going to be on shutdown. And, yeah. And it's like that week turned to two weeks. And at this point, I'm like, I'm just like fiending for jujitsu. Right. And then I think it was like maybe like the third week or so when it was like, okay, small gatherings, only, you know, so, so many stipulations to, to do so. But, you know, obviously you have to wear masks. Yeah. So me and my my instructor, I was still I mean I was working with him again at this time, called me in his office and he's like, All right, this is what we're gonna do. So he had the training mask and he cut a um he <laughs> yeah. cut the fil- he cut the like, you know, a little uh you know, a little disposable mask and put yeah. it in the uh his his um his training mask. Right. So he was like, All right, so tomorrow we're going to try this out. And I was like, you know what? Let me order. I'm going to order mine. So we're going to try it out. So yeah, we, <laughs> we died because we was off the mat for like two weeks, but yeah, we, that was the lens we were willing to go just to be able to train jujitsu. Oh yeah. So like, we're going to put a, yeah. make a filtration system, put in this mask and we just gonna we just going to train as best way we can. Yeah. So. No, there was, I mean, there was some creativity, man, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, there's, everybody's got their view. I mean, but at the end of the day, I, I I honestly believe that the immune systems for those of us that were already, you know, training in jujitsu were probably pretty strong. 
just given all the all the things you know all the things you know how many times you get a, a couple drops of sweat or spit drop in your eye and under any other normal circumstances you would have just checked that you'd be done for the day yeah. you know but but i you know even just a couple of days ago i'm rolling with scott and he's like oh man sorry i got sweat his sweat dripping in my eyes and i was like nah that's cool we'll finish the round you know anywhere else you know in any other environment in your life you're gonna run away from that you're done but yeah. you know you're gonna like oh no we still got two minutes i'm not gonna go worry about it but so just, you know, how, <laughs> yeah, we, we probably, we could have all been fine. Who knows? But yeah, that, that, that shutdown though. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing we got was the appreciation. I mean, I really do. And yeah, the creativity as well. I mean, it almost turned it into, you know, it kind of some, some of these, you know, some of these guys, it was like the old uh, prohibition days with, with alcohol, you know, they're hiding, hiding out, trying to do jujitsu and, you know, crawl spaces or sheds or whatever, where, where nobody could see you yeah. just so you didn't have to give it up completely, you know, or, you know, finding that two to three people that I know, okay, this guy, either they've already had it or they're, you know, whatever the case is, just so I feel, I feel safe training with only these two people, but it's either that or we don't train and that's not an option. That's not so an yeah, option. It was a, yeah, it was a tough time. I mean, like you said, I'm, my, my group chat for the gym's blowing up with pictures of sad people on treadmills and, you know, sitting at home in their geese and just like, <laughs> just as jokes, because we got to the point where we're like, what do we do now? You know, we just, I guess we're going to have to try to, you know, make some fun with it or embrace it because we don't know how long it's going to be. So yeah because like like you know the you know like on facebook they'll have like uh your like your memories of like what you posted oh, yeah. around this time last year and um yeah so when we were on shut around that time of shutdown um i was making posts about like day day one without no jujitsu and it's like yeah i, I come to find out i got a family here a whole yeah, wife yeah. and two kids let me yeah. see how they are and then like day two yeah. like they seem pretty nice <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know I could refinish a kitchen table in one day. Right. But here we are, you know. Yeah, like what yeah, is I make the best internet? banana like, what bread is this in internet? town. Yeah, right. It's right. hilarious, man. But man, do you um, if you got anything else you want to add or ask, you know, definitely want you to shout out your school, man. You know, the floor is yours. <clears throat> yeah, no, man. I appreciate, like I said, you know, having a platform. Um, just to set and chat. I think it's it's been fun talking to you. I, I'm I'm really enjoying watching, or I'm sorry, listening. You know, listening to your podcast take off, and you know anybody who's listening to these, if, if Lamar hits you up like, hey man, you know you want to talk, do it. It's just again, there, there's, you know, we always we always joke about the CrossFitters. You know, like how oh, you know they CrossFit because they won't shut up about it. Man, we're worse. We're, we're we way worse. It, but we're way yeah, worse. <laughs> we know it. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's bad. But at the end of the day. You know, I'm glad somebody, I'm glad old Jay, you know, old crotchety Jay showed up at my church one day and was like, you need to come to the college and check this out. Because I couldn't imagine what my, you know, the past eight years, um, you know, and again, I, I'll mention this again. I, I, I'm not ashamed of this because I think it's important for people to hear, you know, having having some 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 personal hardships and poor decisions in my life, you know, just before I started training in jujitsu. You know, I, w I was medicated um, on Lexapro and stuff for anxiety, depression, things like that. I mean, I had a lot going on, mm -hmm. um, as, as everybody does. And the more I got into jujitsu and the more frequently I trained, and again, this was not through doctor's, you know, um, suggestion. So definitely follow your doctor's orders. Let me give you that disclaimer. But I, I finally slowly weaned myself off and I, I quit taking the, the medication. And what I found, again, with no research other than my own personal experiences, I get as much or more. Um, psychological uh, and personal relief and physical benefit from jujitsu than I ever did from a medication um, just by getting together with these people and, and doing this. So, yeah. you know, again, I'm, maybe I'm not going to compete or you're sitting on the fence, man. I, I tell people, because we offer a two-week trial at our gym, check it out. And it, like I had a guy who came yesterday to start a two-week trial. He came back this morning and signed up. Awesome. I've never had 
You know what I mean? I don't have, I always tell people, I don't know anyone who kind of likes jujitsu. I don't know that person yet. I've never mm-hmm. met the one never who, met who, who never, I haven't met the one who kind of likes it. You know, you, you, you're in or out, I think. And so I encourage everyone, give it a shot. You get on the mat that first day and you're like, ew, not for me. That's fine, man. But I, I think that you'll know in a day, maybe two. And, and I think you'll regret not having tried it if you don't. Yeah. And I, I, I say this almost every episode, as you know, like just just give jujitsu a try. Like just just go out and find a gym. You know, a lot of gyms do offer um, like a maybe a week trial or a day, you know, free class to just to kind of see um, before you can sign up. But, yeah, man, just give it a shot, man. You don't know, you know, what how your life is going to turn out after you start training, because, yeah, I can I can, you know, contest that too. five years ago. There, I if I never would have met my good my best friend, um, who got me to join jujitsu, I there's no telling where I would have been right now. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, just in, in all aspects, you know, how how would things turn out? Who knows? I mean, I would not be mentally or physically where I am today. No, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here watching my own facility grow like it is. Because again, I wouldn't be where I am. In, in that business without Scott. And, you know, I roll into Stockman Jiu-Jitsu, Carlson Gracie, and meet this this guy who, under any other circumstance, I would have never met and hung out with. And, mm-hmm. you know, here he and I are, you know, now partnered up to run this amazing thing that we got going on down here. So, you know, to say it's life-changing or can be life-changing is not, it's not a cliche, you know. It no. is actually a true, it is a fact. There's definitely an understatement saying that it can change your life. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank my guest, Jason, again for coming on the show and, um, you know, sharing his knowledge and experience with us today. Please go and follow our Facebook and Instagram page to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits podcast. Keep rolling. Keep grinding. And remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day.